What's this all about? What about nightmares? You're in this too. We need to figure this out together. We need to leave. Yeah. What are you doing? They can't tear out your soul anymore, stupid. Ominous Thrill, a new audio fiction anthology. I've done horrible things. I can taste the rot in the back of my throat ever since you arrived. Are you saying we're the enemy? Tell them what you did. I, I didn't do anything. Character-driven tales of obsession. I'm no psychopath. Banging on my door and streaming it on the internet. Revenge. Take back what was taken from you. Don't mind if I sit here and watch the lights go out, do you? The unexplained. Don't leave me out here. We can't help her? <laughs> I have a daughter. We're leaving. Who's there? Tendrils of rot. We're gonna die. And the dark things we do to get what we want. I need the light. You want me to fall down the stairs? No. I want to push you. I love you so fucking much. Ominous Thrill. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere. Flesh splits open. Oh, yes. Thrill you later. Hello there, and welcome to Camp Haven's side. As you may have read from the podcast description, this show is a seasonal anthology horror podcast, meaning that every season is its own separate and unrelated story, and you can start with any season when listening to it. If you are a fan of hemophobia and you would like the show to continue to exist, please support the Patreon at any tier from 3 to 7 to $15 a month. In return, you'll receive early access to new episodes, a mini-episode made based off of you and your fears, and even access to virtual live shows wherein I perform material from hemophobia streamed for all of you. Also included is access to the patron-only Discord server where you can chat with myself, chat with other fans, and also have access to regular live streams as well. Join the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash cswhorror, no dots, no dashes, and the link for it is down in the description as well. If you are a fan of Hemophobia and other podcasts as well, you can always support the show by subscribing to Apollo+. Plus. Apollo is an audio fiction-only podcatcher app with the best interface I have seen in any podcatcher app, and by subscribing to their paid service Apollo Plus for just $10 a month, you'll receive a variety of content such as early access to episodes, ad-free listening, and bonus episodes as well, from shows like the SCP Archives, 13, and Mayfair Watchers Society. From Hemophobia, you will receive early access to new episodes, as well as ad-free listening, and other perks along the way. You can access Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcasts app, or by going to www.apollopods.com. The link is in the episode notes as well. And of course, if you enjoy hemophobia, go ahead and pause the episode now and leave a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher that you listen to. It really does help. Now presenting Camp Haven Side. As always, hemophobia is a horror podcast and thus contains very graphic content. All content warnings can be found in the episode notes down below. The role of Sam and the blood are played by CSW. The role of Grace is played by Kayla Temshiv. The role of Shane is played by Mason Amadeus. The role of Molly is played by Brooke Jeanette. The role of Judith is played by Annika Hansen. The role of Timothy is played by Brad Colebrook. The role of Thatcher is played by James Oliva. The role of Calvin Sanders is played by Jordan Reed. The role of Dennis Reeves is played by Ian Eberson. The role of Heather is played by Tal Manier. The role of Malcolm Gray is played by Graham Rowett. Ensemble is played by Dustin Parsons, Caroline Minx, Tucker, and Haberlin Roberts. The choir is made up of Brooke Jeanette, Mason Amadeus, Haberlin Roberts, Caleb Ritchie, Atticus White, and Noel Woolery. Additional vocals contributed by Annika Hansen. All writing and sound design by CSW. Enjoy Thursday, and look out for the Friday-Saturday finale of Camp Havenside, coming Saturday, March 2nd. campus. Now most of y'all are probably saying, what's Malcolm doing up there? He gonna teach? Or uh, I went to camp just so I could get away from this ugly mug for a week. Now he shows up here? No, no, very sorry, but I won't be teaching a lesson or anything this morning. I'm just here to make a quick announcement. Now before you hear it, I'll be up front. This announcement may frighten you. It may make you feel uneasy. 
But the one thing to remember above all is that everything is okay. Everything is going to be fine. And really, this announcement will probably be a little consequence in your two remaining days here. It may also be difficult to believe for some of you, but, but from what I know from Scripture, my career as a preacher, and what God has told me through prayer, I believe this to be the case. After careful consideration and consultation with the other churches, we believe that a demonic presence has taken residence here at Camp Havenside. Now, it is true that things like seances and exorcisms have been more or less left in the past. And because we are a by-the-book church, as you know, we don't like to lose ourselves in arbitrary rituals or superstitions. But based on our interpretation of Scripture, it is not impossible for the devil or some other spirit to take earthly form so he can disrupt the godly experience that that old fool doesn't like us having. Now, you're probably wondering what this means. How it can affect you and whether or not you're safe here. I cannot stress this enough. You are safe here. God Almighty will always, always triumph over the enemy. And Scripture tells us that if you stay close to Jesus and you believe in His power, then the enemy cannot harm you. So don't let this announcement trouble you or scare you. This is simply to keep you informed of something that in all likelihood won't even pose an issue to begin with. If you believe that Demonic forces are affecting you. You can come to us and talk about it. And we'll help you, pray with you, give you anything you need from us. But remember, just as our Lord delights in positivity, serenity, and peace, the enemy delights in the opposite, in fear, sadness, and destruction. So as a Christian family, let's ensure we don't let these things disrupt our time here. Good will always triumph over evil. That's just the truth. So you have nothing to be afraid of. Like Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you on this day to let your presence be felt among us, to make these last days of camp a worthy experience. Protect us from the enemy and guard our path from he who seeks to mislead us. Cast out the wicked one from whatever rock he's hiding underneath like the coward he is. Send him from our presence as you cast the demons of legion into the pigs and thus ensure the safety of these children from evil. We seek only you, Lord, in our presence here, and we pray you free us from the evil outside of us, just as you have freed us from the evil inside of us. It is on you we wholly rely, Lord, for our salvation, and in no other name, Do we kneel? We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sam woke. Life was in blurs. Sunlight was scarce. The floor was pain. Sluggish blinks. He couldn't move. 
he couldn't feel, yet he heard. His bones wore him. He didn't know which parts he was. He forced his eyes open and looked. A gray room filled with empty light. He tried to reach for his glasses, but couldn't. He lay still. Sam was filthy all over. He was covered in sweat. He felt bug bites on every part of him. The heat was unbearable. He breathed. He breathed and did little else. He reached out, felt, retrieved. His glasses were cracked in one lens. He put them on, looked. He was alone. sky was overcast. Sam looked around, naked. He made it into the covered section of the path. He approached the circle with leaves all over it that led then to the concrete stairs. He went past them, found the closest thing to a gap in the trees that there was. He lurched one leg into the thick brush. He felt the nettles sting him and the branches jab him. The stairs led to the canteen building. He would need to go through the forest to get straight to the boys' cabins without coming out in the open. Without being where people would see him. He couldn't be seen. Sam stepped carefully, painfully. It was the same area of the forest he and Molly had roamed on Tuesday night. He stepped through the weeds where he had seen her running. And looked at her body. He felt gnats landing on him. around him for anyone. He tried to make himself small. He tried to make himself nothing. The bathhouse was empty as was the cabin. The water didn't feel like it cleaned him enough. He buried his face in his hands.
Sam tried to remember. When he tried, he could only remember certain things. Darkness consuming his vision. Light that was not light. Bloody flayed lips slipping into his. One skin pressing through another skin. Something that felt like a tongue and tasted like something he could not name. And before that were memories that didn't feel like his, although they contained him. Things he did. The bodies, his and hers. The blood running through him. He remembered it all, but it didn't feel like him. As he was now. His back ached under the water. It hurt to stand up straight. It hurt him unless he was bowing. Sam had just put a shirt on when Calvin entered. Sam, oh my gosh, where have you been? I was just about to tell Malcolm we need to call the cops. Where were you? I... I... um... Sam's face shook barely. He looked down from Calvin's eyes. I... Left early this morning before flagpole. I I just went into the forest to spend some time with God. Is that it? Are you sure that is what it was you were doing? Sam paused. Thought. It was the closest thing to true. Yeah. I promise it was. Okay, well, man, Sam, I understand, but you gotta run that by a counselor first, buddy. You know that. You can't scare us like that, not with Shane and everything. Shane? Yeah, I guess you didn't hear about that. We can't find Shane. He disappeared sometime yesterday, probably around nighttime or something. Oh. Yeah, as far as we know, the cabin was the last place he was. Did we call the police? Uh, well, no. Malcolm said that... said that since Shane has somewhat of a reputation for these kind of runaway prank things, we should hold off. And when you were gone this morning, we thought maybe you two had run off together or something. You have no idea where he might be. Sam thought. He asked the question of himself. He could not say the answer. He did not have the words for it. No, no I don't. Dang it, alright. Well, I'm gonna go tell the counselors that you're safe and we found you. You can just uh, go to sports if you want. I think they're just about to start wrapping up, but just don't go anywhere, okay? Right. I understand. And if you need something or you you need to go somewhere for some private time, or just bring a counselor with you, okay? But honestly, just don't go running off again. You understand? I do. <laughs> Sam heard voices outside. Some recognizable, some not. He rested his face in his hand. 
he would have to go out and speak to them like what had happened hadn't. He would have to speak to the boys like he hadn't seen them, seen what she did to them. He would have to speak to Molly like he hadn't felt her body, seen it, touched it, looked at it in the way he had. He would have to speak to Grace like he didn't look at her body in the same way. <laughs> Sam stood fully upright. No. No, God. <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. Why were Thatcher's eyes green? Yes, yes, she's got everything. Thatcher did look into the mirror. He did see himself looking back. He did hear Malcolm on the phone with his wife in the other room of the nurse's office as he packed up Judith's things. I'll be putting her in the car here in a little bit. hours at least. Traffic wasn't bad-headed here, shouldn't be bad-headed back. He did see his own face. He did see his own eyes. Why were his eyes green? Thatcher did not know. Thatcher did know that Timothy hadn't spoken a word since Sam had come by on Wednesday. He did know that Shane had vanished the previous night and was nowhere to be found at all. He did know that Malcolm had forbidden him and Calvin and Dennis and anybody from calling the police for any of it because a demon was at work and the Lord would deliver, but what he really meant was that a demon was at work here and if Shane wanted to run off and submit to it because he was from a godless family and lived a godless life then Malcolm couldn't save him. You can bring a horse to water but you cannot make it drink, but Thatcher did not know. He did not know why his eyes were green. Linda, do not trifle with me. You will do what I tell you. Not a word of contradiction. Do you understand me? Right then. Goodbye. Thatcher, are you alright in there? Yeah. Um... I'm... I'm fine. Thatcher did not know how long he had been staring at them, but he did know that it had been a long time. He did not know why nobody else seemed to see them. He did not even know eyes could be that green. But they were. They were so green. They were so green and luminous, they were practically not a color anymore, and so he shut them. He did hear things.
you are I here. don't know you. I don't, I don't know you. His chest didn't feel like his chest. <gasps> and he could smell something. Something coming from him. He looked at his reflection and his shirt did not look normal. He did not look normal. He did not look like himself. He did not feel like himself. <laughs> Thatcher lifted his collar. 
looked beneath his shirt. Thatcher did scream. I need to talk to you. Grace turned, looked at him. What is it? I just need to talk to you, now. Um, okay? Sam walked stiffly down the sidewalk away from the dining hall. Grace walked behind him, quiet, slow. He did not slow down. Where are we going? Somewhere private, just somewhere we can talk. Okay. The sky above them was thick with clouds, dark. They passed the church buses. They passed the girls' cabins. They passed the gazebos, the canteen building, the adjoined nurse's office, the flagpole. They walked to the field, wide and expansive between all parts of the camp, far from the dining hall, far from everyone. Sam stopped, sat straddling the broken log border between field and road. She sat across from him, looked at him apprehensively. So? What is it? I... I, um... I... What? Something is going to happen tonight. Happen? I... what do you mean? I... It... it's hard for me to... explain, but there's... Sam closed his eyes. There is something here, at this camp. Do you mean, do you mean like what Malcolm was talking about this morning? Not, not, not exactly. I, I, I can't put it into words. I just. Sam felt something quavering in his throat, in his lungs. When he did manage to look at her, everything was shaking. And he saw then that it was him shaking, rigid but unsteady, vibrating in place on his seat. His nails dug into the damp wood beneath him. Sam, what are you- I- became something or or, or it be became me or, or something and and I I did things it, it made me do things and I I think I think Sam closed his eyes grit his teeth I think it's going to hurt you, Grace. I think it's going to make me... hurt you. To make me do something to you. Um... Okay, do... what to me? Her face went up and down side to side. The world was quaking before him. He felt something like a drill in his skull. 
Sam, are you... Are you feeling all right? Grace looked at him with shock. With concern. Almost terror. I don't want to go to hell. I just don't want to go to hell. I really don't want to go to hell. Sam gripped the log. He tightened his grip until he felt splinters. She looked at him with deep concern, but he did not know how he looked at her. He never seemed to know that anymore. So he shut his eyes and felt the tears warm against his cold, cold skin. He felt her come closer. He felt her hands on his arms, holding him. And before he could open his eyes, he felt her lips. It was quiet. Outside of him. Inside of him. More quiet than he thought possible. Her lips stayed. They didn't leave him. They kept him on the earth. Sam's heart stilled. Pulled back his blood. He felt himself kiss her back. Her lips pressed more firmly. Matching and raising him. Pushed all the sound from his head. He felt her hands wrap around his. He felt her pulse rise. He felt her lips intensify upon his, bounding against him with fervor, pressing the noise, the clamor, the voices out of him, until it was just him and her. And Sam wondered. He wondered at what his life would be if it were this way forever. If the verses, the nightmares, the sermons, the temptations, the chapel, the Bible, the trees, the wheezing, if all of it vanished forever, and it was just him and her. no grace in front of him. There were only trees. Sam backed away, flailed around, spun in a ragged spiral. The log border had disappeared, and the field with it. 
he was in the heart of the woods. Alone, still feeling a vague burn inside him, caustic in his throat and tingling on his lips. Footsteps. Footsteps approaching. <laughs> Sam's eyes sought frantically, thatch by thatch, but it was all the same, all identical. In the forest, everything was equally fatal. He was in a place far beyond the log on which he had sat mere glimpses before. His eyes fought, scrambled to trace what his ears found. What his nose found. A wretch held his neck. The odor was foul, coagulating in Sam's airways, but untraceable, diffuse, spreading all about him as from a thurible and swing. He covered his mouth, buckled, spun perpetually. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? that Shane had become. Half-rotted with decay and infested with root-strung growth, twisting in sprouts around the bars of his ribcage, spinning through putrefied flesh like maggots claiming territory. What was left of his flesh resembled a gutted fish, pink, red, and black woven together by parasitically thriving vines. A dismembered doll held barely together by strings, flies attending him in multitudes. One arm had been consumed entirely by the overgrowth, and the other bore a hand sharpened into a dark, wooden claw. Half of his face had been wrought out by time, sagging and drooping, leaves hanging off the decomposing cheek, while the other half was the only recognizable part of him, bearing the right section of his hair and face with one alteration. Bright green eyes. The misshapen claw reached out. Come with me. We'll... We'll be... We'll be there, Sam. We'll all be there in the end. Sam looked at Shane. He looked at Shane and he looked like a prophecy. Sam, it is so beautiful there. No more sadness. No more pain. Just pleasure. Forever. Blood spilled from what remained of Shane's lips. Come. Um, taste of the bodies. Sam's feet tripped over themselves, throwing his quickly numbing body away from the eviscerated fragment of man. The walking effigy of creation reversed and redone in a crude imitation. So many bodies. Please, <laughs> Sam. Come, come to the garden. Spend your years there. Not here. His feet flew quicker, quicker through an environment not designed for him, perhaps designed specifically against him. Body numbing in preparation as the ungodly stench slid its hand down his throat and into his stomach and pulled at the very fabric of him. collided with the trees. 
and clambered headfirst into a bed of gravel. He looked around. He lay face down in the playground, next to the chapel. Next to that was the counselor's office. On his left was more forest. From where he lay, he could see the boys' cabins, the worship pavilion, and between them, the field. The log border between the field and the road. Where he had been just a few moments before. Grace was nowhere to be found. Molly's eyes were in the mirror. She looked at herself, standing, standing in the bathhouse in front of the sink, holding her cell phone in midair. Molly had done wrong. Molly had been too touchy with boys, too buddy-buddy. Molly had done things with Shane, in the boys' cabin, and in the one by the lake. Molly had said inappropriate things to her friends. Molly had asked bad questions in girls' class. Molly had not put on a shirt or a towel over her swimsuit, had not done so when asked repeatedly, had not even turned her head as Heather called her name. Molly had walked across the whole camp with her body visible. Molly had vanished into the forest. Had seen two boys there and done things with them. So Molly had been ordered to leave. To go home. To call her parents and have them pick her up. Molly remembered so little of it. She held the phone. Her finger hovered over her parents' home number. Her finger wasn't moving. Nor were her eyes. They weren't even looking at the phone. They were looking at her. She looked at her face. She looked at her eyes. She looked at her body and her voices. And listened. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. The light of a lamp will never shine in you. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets, Jesus said, Now in the squares, you are right every corner she looks. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. 
What you have just said they is will quite eat true. her flesh and burn her with She has fire. become a dwelling for demons, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every impure spirit. Then they shall bring out the young woman to the door and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring in her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Try to breathe. Try to vomit the filth from thy mouth. Lick the dust. Lick the dust. Try to deny the earth from entering thy body. You cannot. It comes into you. It takes you back for itself. It makes your body a nest for its soil. A home for itself. For it has plans. For it has plans. They touch you with their eyes. They crucify you with their words. But it it sees sees you in truth. And verily you see it. You give it praise with your body. Scorned Scorned and wounded. You spread spread its name throughout the nations. And offer all you have to it. You cannot deny its touch, nor can you deny its name. You have chosen what is greater, and you will not be taken away from it. Never, never. The days are coming when all will speak its name, when all will give it praise as you have. When you will no longer claim its name alone. Verily, the reward will come in plenty. Pleasure forever. Pleasure forever. No song will be sung. From the eaves will grow the fruits of being. Those fruits from which you surely ate. And now now we'll see see that tree from from which which they grow, and from which grows you. Molly looked at her phone. Noticed that the signal, all at once, had died. It was the last thing she saw before her vision disintegrated and oblivion.